Hello and welcome to another episode of From the Beginning, here on Heavenward Thinking. Today we're in Genesis chapter 44, so I'll read it and we'll get right into what we're going to talk about today. Now, Joseph gave these instructions to the steward of his house. Fill the men's sacks with as much food as they can carry, and put each man's silver in the mouth of the sack. Then put my cup, the silver one, in the mouth of the youngest one's sack, along with the silver for his grain. And he did as Joseph said. As morning dawned, the men were sent on their way with their donkeys. They had not gone far from the city when Joseph said to his steward, Go after those men at once, and when you catch up with them, say to them, Why have you repaid good with evil? Isn't this the cup my master drinks from and also uses for divination? This is a wicked thing you have done. When he caught up with them, he repeated these words to them. But they said to him, Why does my lord say such things? Far be it from your servants to do anything like that. We even brought back to you from the land of Canaan the silver we found inside the mouths of our sacks. So why would we steal silver or gold from your master's house? If any of your servants is found to have it, he will die, and the rest of us will become my lord's slaves. Very well then, he said, let it be as you say. Whoever is found to have it will become my slave. The rest of you will be free from blame. Each of them quickly lowered his sack to the ground and opened it. Then the steward proceeded to search, beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. At this, they tore their clothes. Then they all loaded their donkeys and returned to the city. Joseph was still in the house when Judah and his brothers came in, and they threw themselves to the ground before him. Joseph said to them, What is this you have done? Don't you know that a man like me can find things out by divination? What can we say to my lord? Judah replied. What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We are now my lord's slaves, we ourselves and the one who was found to have the cup. But Joseph said, Far be it for me to do such a thing. Only the man who was found to have the cup will become my slave. The rest of you, go back to your father in peace. Then Judah went up to him and said, Pardon your servant, my lord. Let me speak a word to my lord. Don't be angry with your servant, though you are equal to Pharaoh himself. My lord asked his servants, Do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, We have an aged father, and there is a young son born to him in his old age. His brother is dead, and he is the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Then he said to your servants, Bring him down to me, so I can see him for myself. And we said to my lord, The boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, his father will die. But you told your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you will not see my face again. Then we went back to your servant, my father. We told him what my Lord had said. When our father said, go back and buy a little more food. But we said, we cannot go down. Only if our youngest brother is with us will we go. We cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. One of them went away from me, and I said, he has surely been born, been torn to pieces, and I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too, when harm comes to him, you will bring down my gray head to the grave in misery. So, now if the boy is not with us, when I go back to your servant, my father, and if my father, whose life is closely bound up with the boy's life, sees that the boy isn't there, he will die. Your servants will bring the gray head of our father down to the grave in sorrow. Your servant guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will bear the blame before you, my father, all my life. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my lord's slave in place of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? No, do not let me see the misery that would come on my father. So here in this chapter, we're starting to get towards the climax of the story. And we see here the progression, especially of Judah. He is willing to do something that he definitely would not have done many years back when he uh, did not treat Joseph so well. 
at the beginning of this, we see that Joseph plays another trick on his brothers. Uh, he certainly is paying them back a little bit for the things that they did, uh, but really doing it in a different way. He's not selling them into slavery. He's testing their hearts, seeing what they're going to do. Are they really changed or are they the same people he knew back then? So he puts as his, uh, he has his servant puts the silver back in their packs and gives them tons of food and he puts the cup in the youngest one sack. Benjamin, of course. And this is already, we see from the very beginning, this is going to be a tense moment because this is the worst of worst scenarios. And so when the man goes and meets them and says, hey, you did this. Why are you doing this? This is a wicked thing you've done. They respond saying, of course we didn't do that. We would never do that. Uh, We brought down extra money to give back to you because we were so worried. Uh, But unfortunately... They were not aware of what had happened. They didn't realize that Joseph was testing them, and they didn't realize that they were uh, unaware of, of what was in their own sacks, especially in Benjamin's. So the servant agrees that if if the person who has been found to have the cup in their sack is going to become the slave, and uh, the rest will eventually get to go free. Uh, but... Uh, unfortunately, the brothers had no idea that this was going to be Benjamin that they found. Of course it was Benjamin, and this is a really, really bad moment for them. They are very devastated. They get taken back to Joseph's house. He's there, of course. He pretends like, hey, I found this out by divination. Not like I just played a trick on you. But he uh, plays it cool and, and pretends that he you know, just has this awesome divination ability uh, that he used in the situation. And they are just absolutely devastated, willing to do whatever it is. What can we say? How can we prove our innocence? God has uncovered your servant's guilt. We are now my Lord's slaves. We ourselves and the one who was found to have the cup. So instead of just going, oh, yep, you can have Benjamin. We're going to go on our way. Like I think they would have done back when they sold Joseph into slavery, where they got rid of one to benefit the rest of them. They decided that they were all going to collectively become his slaves. They weren't going to separate themselves. They weren't going to let one go free and the rest work. No, they were going to collectively become his servants and stick together this time. So already we're seeing a huge difference from where they were in past years. But not only that, we see that they are acknowledging their guilt. They are finally coming to terms with the fact that they've been carrying guilt for many years. And this time they really not only just acknowledge it, but they're being truly honest here. And they have to face the facts. And I think this is the key moment in this chapter for all of us. We need to, when we realize that we are carrying around guilt, when we're carrying around sin that we haven't taken ownership of, we haven't repented, we haven't dealt with it and asked Jesus to forgive us and try to move forward, when we're carrying on to that, we become ineffective. We become bogged down with this guilt. And eventually, God promises to unveil that, to reveal it. Uh, that what we try to hide, he is going to reveal in the daylight. And, and that is the case with these brothers. They now are faced with having to come to terms with that guilt. And they have to do something with it. How are we going to respond as Christians when we are faced with these similar situations? Will we take ownership of our sin and deal with it then and there? Or will we carry it on like these brothers where it leads to complications later on? And if we are like these brothers and do that, are we going to, when we finally do have to come to terms with it, are we actually going to deal with it in a good way or a bad way? 
We're going to see how these brothers deal with it over time. And they, they many years later after this, are still going to be having some shame and, and some concerns about what they had done in the past. Uh, because our past often haunts us well into the future. We may take care of things, we may make things right, but we often have consequences that still cause problems for us later down the road. It's why it's very important for us as Christians to follow God's will and to do the right things rather than do the wrong things. Because even though we may take care of something and not be like these brothers, where it just lingers on, uh, there are times where consequences just have a way of popping up down the road uh, because we made poor choices. And those are just natural consequences in life. And even though the Lord will help us through them, they're often difficult things we have to go through that he doesn't want us to have to go through. He wants us to choose the right way. So we should take this as a warning sign to follow the Lord and not let sin creep in and then let guilt and shame hold us back. Uh, then we move on here and we see uh, that Joseph is confronting them and he says that he is going to let all the rest of them go free, even though they're determined to all stick together. He is going to let them free and just keep Benjamin back because he's the one who stole the cup, even though he didn't really steal it. But he is going to keep him back as his servant. And we get to see here someone do the right thing in a very difficult situation. Judah is willing to actually stand up for his brother and say, no, please take me in his stead, because he actually is concerned about someone other than himself for once. And this is another one of the key moments in this chapter. There are times in our life where we have to make difficult choices. Are we going to let someone else suffer, or are we going to take that suffering on ourselves? Are we going to try to help someone else by doing something that inconveniences us and maybe even hurtful to us at times? But are we going to take something so that someone else doesn't have to suffer? Especially considering that that this would have been a, a suffering that would have inflicted his father, would have inflicted Benjamin, and all because he and his other brothers had decided to sell Joseph into slavery many years prior. So again, he's finally coming to terms with his guilt and ready to make some restitution for that, ready to do something about that, to try to take ownership of it and then to move forward and actually do something with it. Uh, A revolutionary concept uh, that we in the 21st century have a hard time doing. We don't like to take ownership of things. We don't like to have anything hard come upon ourselves. We're very anxious and very quick to let other people suffer, and we don't want any of that to come on us. Thank goodness something that bad didn't happen to me. It's okay for that poor person to have it, but thank goodness I didn't have it. Uh, this is uh, this is a concept we really need to look at in this chapter, right? It's doing something different, that heavenward thinking perspective. I'm going to take what what could be going on someone else, and I'm going to take it on me, because I know this is ultimately going to help and be beneficial for other people. And as a Christian, I'm going to do what is looking out for the interests of others and not just myself, because we know that is what Christ has called us to do. And, and so we get this great example here in Judah, who's willing to do something different. He is willing to sacrifice himself for his brother and for his father. Uh, and we really don't get to see here in this chapter what actually happens. Uh, but we know that we're going to have a very big moment next week. So I would encourage you to watch next week because we're going to finally get to the moment we've all been waiting for with Joseph declaring himself to his brothers and making himself known. And we're going to get to see what is his response to Judah's proposition and how does this story progress further. So I hope you've been challenged this week and that you'll join us next time for another episode of From the Beginning here on Heavenward Thinking.